Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and always joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, uh, coming off a big international weekend of MMA, I know you missed most of it, but uh, I I guess you caught up on some of the results. Yeah, results I caught up on. I caught some highlights. I was out and about. Uh, The daytime cards throw me off, especially on Saturdays, because I train on Saturday during the day, then I go run errands and stuff, and I was in Brooklyn in the evening, so I just didn't, I just caught the highlights and read about them. Well, I kicked off early Saturday morning uh, with UFC uh, Fight Night St. Petersburg, whatever, ESPN Plus 7, I guess is what we're calling it. Um, But uh, yeah, pretty much a, a... like we talked about uh, with John uh, last week, it was a, a big uh, Russian card, a lot of international yeah. talent. Um, I'm not going to go down the whole card, but some names that uh, jump out at me and and, uh, and got some big wins. Uh, Christoph Jotka, uh, at one time a top 15 ranked middleweight. Uh, it's been struggling, uh, lost to Uriah Hall. A few other guys, he came back and got a, a, a unanimous decision win. Not the most exciting fight, but uh, a must-needed win for him. Uh, probably the surprise of the night, uh, Roxanne Modafari, uh, runner-up for the Ultimate Fighter, uh, female, 125-pound belt, uh, defeated uh, An- Antonina Shevchenko, the sister of Valentina, the 125-pound champion. Uh, three was rounds. that close? It was a it was a close fight. Um, I felt like Roxanne won the second and third pretty clearly. Uh, second round had some moments, but uh, or maybe it was the third round. Those those rounds were, I mean, everything was fairly close, but Roxanne, I thought, won at 29-28. I think it was the right call. First round, uh, she was getting lit up pretty good, and then she got a takedown uh, with a minute or so left and really showed that she could pretty much dominate her on the ground. And uh, from that point, she basically just used her pressure to get her up against the cage and force mm. takedowns and was able to uh, yeah, basically take mount several times and, and pretty much control the fight any time it was on the ground. I saw it was a split decision win. That's why I asked. But uh, it was a good win for her. I mean, she needed a win. Yeah, I mean, it had it's. she looked like she had taken more of a, a punishment, um, the strikes, but I, I felt like that she uh, – she definitely won the fight. It was the right call. Probably got, uh, you know, a Eastern European bias on one of the judges. Probably, mm. probably gave it to Shevchenko. I know that the crowd was was definitely behind her. Um, but yeah, it was a good fight, Roxanne. I know I saw the rankings. She moved into fifth spot on the uh, 125 pound, tied with, uh, tied with, uh, oh gosh. Slips my mind. Uh, one of her training partners out of Vegas, uh, not JJ, uh, the girl from Scotland. Uh, oh, the Doctor Knievel. There I you know go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're tied for fifth in the rankings right now. Um, in a big heavyweight fight, Sergey uh, Pavlovich, who was uh, heavily promoted and made his uh, debut against Alistair Overeem. I believe in China at the Joanne end of Calderwood. Last... Sorry, <laughs> Joanne Calderwood. <there> <laughs> that just jumped in my head. Joe, Jojo, not Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so Sergey Sergey Pavlovich came back, made his debut against Alistair Overeem, and suffered a knockout, his first uh, career loss. Came back and got a uh, devastating uppercut knockout win in the first round, one minute in against Marcelo Golm. Uh, Islam Makhchaev, Chaev, <laughs> who uh, moved to seventeen and one with a uh, with an impressive win in the co-main event. And then in the uh, in the main event, uh, Alistair Overeem, Alexei Olyanek, uh pretty much went as uh, I believe I predicted. I think you predicted also there'd be some yeah. clinch work. Overeem worked the clinch uh, after a, uh, a early scare. Olyanek hit him and and kind of wobbled him a bit um, through a lot of strikes, and, and I feel like kind of gassed himself. And then uh, late in the first round, uh, Overeem worked the clinch and started kneeing the hell out of him, and. Uh, eventually dropped him with a knee and then, and then finished him with some punches on the ground. Big win for Overeem, his 45th win in MMA. And, uh, you know, with the heavyweight division kind of all over the place. Yeah. He's, he's getting close to a, another title shot with a, probably one more big win. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, he's beat a lot of, a lot of other heavyweights, like just in his overall career. So it's definitely something that, uh, I mean, the thing is when, when, with a guy like like Olenek and and um, you know that that that's some. Uh, that I think you had pointed out last week that uh, the reach was about the same, but just a striking pedigree of of uh, Overeem is just something that he's gonna find a so, that soft tissue if he can find it where you know like a liver shot or something or solar plexus just to make you hurt as if you're a grappler and and um you know there's a saying in grappling. You know, you, you drop a rank every time you take a shot in the in the face or anywhere that's, you know, painful or distracting. And and uh, just at the beginning, as soon as I saw that matchup, I was like, yeah, I can see a TKO coming. You know, as soon as they sign their contracts. Yeah, well, Olenek just doesn't have the wrestling. I mean, he's got the yeah. submission. He pulled guard like one second into the fight, which uh, which you rarely see in any level, much less heavyweight. Um, and he tried a few Ezekiel chokes standing. Um, but it just, you know, he kind of, he came out hard and heavy and, and probably fought over him the way you kind of want to fight him. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. he hit him hard, but, uh, you know, the guys that beat over him are the Blades, the Miosic, the guys who really have solid wrestling and, and can take a guy legitimately, you know, double leg and take a guy down. And um, other than that, you pretty much got to stand with over him and try to knock him out. I mean, I can't, yeah. I can't recall the last time he was even submitted. Um by a, by a submission hold. So I don't know, but a big win, um, pretty cool event in Russia and, uh, be curious to see, I, I, um, you know, speaking of Russian fighters, I saw a rumor today that, uh, September they're looking at, uh, uh, Medov versus Poirier possibly in uh, Dubai. So, uh, that could be a huge event, uh, for the UFC. I don't know what kind of arena they would do it in, but, that could be a could be an interesting an interesting event, especially with the time difference. Uh them putting one of their big stars on a pay per view that starts at noon. Yeah. I'd be curious to see how that goes down. But they've done it before, uh about a decade ago for uh gosh, I think it was Anderson Silva and uh Maya, maybe. If that sounds about right. I think it was UFC one twelve. So uh, that was the morning. Uh, took you kind of into midday, and then uh, for us maniacs who uh, forced ourselves to stay awake the night before Easter, uh, Rising Fifteen took over, and uh, that started about uh, two p.m. Eastern time, 
11 on the West Coast. Normally, I can uh, I can force myself to make it through these. I made it live to the first uh, to the first intermission. Two intermissions is just insane. I heard it's, there was two. Yeah, this is not know. normal. Uh, sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. They've. I mean, it's not historically not, but they they've done it recently and they move through the fights. And I mean, I suppose being there live, it wouldn't be the end of the world if you're kind of hanging out and it's kind of a social scene. But sit on your couch at uh, three in the morning. And, yeah, I feel like you know, uh, they should just move things along. <laughs> I'm not sure why they have an intermission. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it it doesn't make the Probably events much longer than like yeah. a UFC event. I mean, the pacing has gotten better with some of these UFC cards, but it's really not much different than if you're watching a UFC prelim and a guy gets knocked out in a minute and then you get, you know, 25 oh, yeah. minutes. You get two or three of those, you get three fights in in 2 hour period. It can be a it can be a long run. So, I mean, you know, at least their fights when they're going, there there's no delay in between. It, it jumps from fight to fight. Half the time, guys are coming down the ramp while the other people are walking out of the ring. So they don't really mess around with that. But um, you know, uh, fights of note on that uh, female fighter uh, Marata. Uh, she moved to nine and one. Uh, she's she's an animal on the uh, on the ground. I don't you're probably not super familiar with her, but she's a heavily built woman and. Uh, uh, an incredible wrestler. She actually won is by she, a form. Is she the chick that bent the frying pan in the weigh-ins? No, I think that was Rena. Oh, I, I okay. caught that, but no, this this one's a uh, little bit smaller, I believe, than Rena. But uh, you know, she used a von flu choke, took the fight on five days' notice. Kind of one of their rising stars. Um, only the second fight of the evening, so she's still somewhat on their prelim card, but um, someone that I think could really make a uh, a big. I think she's going to become something big. I, I don't see a lot of girls being able to hang with her on the ground with her wrestling ability um, in female MMA. That's fairly rare to have a, a dominant wrestler. And uh, I think she's going to be one. Um, the brawl of the night, uh, Mikura Asakura fought uh, Vanderlei Silva protege, former uh, headliner of Ryzen, uh, Luis Gustavo and Asakura uh, managed to get a unanimous decision win. Uh, they don't judge by rounds there, so it's it's a little bit uh, deceptive. Uh, after about the first after about the first round, uh, he pretty much controlled the fight. Uh, Gustavo throwing big bombs, Asakura landing a little bit more, getting some takedowns. Uh, Gustavo actually had to you know fled the ring once or twice and was given a yellow card. Once that happened, he basically was needed a finish, um, especially to beat a Japanese fighter in Japan, and uh, and that. That pretty much did that. So great fight, though. Um, one definitely to catch uh, a replay of if you were going to watch one for the night. Um, previously mentioned Rina, uh, one of the big stars, female stars of Japan. She had uh, a had a tough uh, run, losing a, a couple bouts. She came back and uh, won a unanimous decision after uh, falling behind early in the fight. Um, she pretty much dominated the the second and third uh, rounds and and got a big win. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Horiguchi, the, uh, 125 yeah. pound, uh, champion, or, you know, I guess it's the flyweight. I'm not sure exactly what weight he's, it falls he's, under. He's bantamweight over there too. Yeah. So it's he, 100, yeah. 132 pounds. So it's a little bit different there than cause it's in kilos. But, um, but yeah, he got a, uh, he got a knockout win over Ben Wen in a, in a, you know, three minutes or four minutes of, uh, of all out brawl. So it was a, another big win. Um, 
So he had some interesting things to say after after his win. I mean, so one of the things I wanted to ask uh, Coker uh, when they were in New York, I didn't get to because he was holding his coat to his chest all ready to leave and had executives surrounding him at the last pressure they had was, uh, you know, if it was possible, we could see uh, Caldwell and Horiguchi on that card. And uh, so after his win in, in Japan, he said that he's he's got his eye on New York, something to that effect. So I'm wondering if that's something in the pipe that we we should uh, keep our ear to the ground for. I mentioned to you off the air last week, um, and I and I had actually mentioned it to uh, to uh, King, uh, previous guest on here, uh, Nolan King from Nolan King. Yeah. yeah, I'm losing it on names today. Nolan King, uh, <laughs> who, who's one of the fight breakers. I had heard some rumors at the previous Bellator event, and I texted him that night that uh, I was hearing Caldwell versus Horiguchi in June. I was I told him I'd heard it was at the Forum in L.A. Once we heard the event uh, named for, for New York, obviously that became less likely, but uh, it was from a pretty good source. Uh, yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. But uh, I, I would say that that fight's definitely going down. We had mentioned that, uh, I think off the air specifically, that mm-hmm. that card needed a boost if you're going to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now, as is, it, it seems it's... it's uh... You know, that's just what we have. Uh, you, you know, Heather Hardy's fighting somebody, which I think is going to be Valerie Lareda, Um only because Valerie Lareda was teasing an announcement yesterday on social. So she's uh, she's in Florida. It makes sense to me to have two East Coasters with their young MMA records. They would be a nice addition to, to the card, you know, two popular female fighters. Because um, Valerie Lareda picked up a lot of fans when she made her debut at Mohegan Sun. Um, and then, um, like you said, I mean, while we're waiting for, I know we're going to talk about it before we close out the show, but, uh, this weekend with the winner of, uh, McDonald Fitch is going to, is supposed to fight Neiman Gracie on that card, um, which is really close. I mean, hopefully nobody gets their bones broke or nothing, but so it's just like, uh, there's a lot of, I know, uh, Mike Kimball already said on, on Twitter, he, he's going to be on the undercard for that. Um, so they're, they're trying to slowly build the card, but nothing official as far as like official matchups yet. Like a lot of names with no opponents. Well, I think ideally for Bellator, uh, Rory McDonald wins this upcoming weekend. That's a bigger name than John Fitch and a more exciting Mm -hmm. fight for the casual fan who might walk by the box office and see some names. Um, the Lareda, uh, Hardy fight, I, it's a great fight, but uh, not necessarily one I would make, I guess. I, I would probably build them up a little bit, uh, but we'll see what how that goes. Uh, I think they'll both be on the card, if not, if not like you said, fighting each other. Um, and, and then the Horiguchi-Caldwell fight uh, would add a little uh, international flair uh, yeah. in New York. So Especially because Caldwell's from, you know, out in this region, so he's definitely got, like, People that don't even, I mean, there's people that think he's a uh, bantamweight champion at UFC that don't follow the sport, you know, just because they know him from around here from wrestling. So, because uh, he was a well known wrestler here in Jersey. So, because um, he, he's from Rawway, even though he trains out in uh, where New Mexico, wherever it is now. So, it would definitely uh, start bringing in, I mean, you need, when you come to, especially if you come to New York City, you got to get some local guys on the card too. So, um, for the undercard anyway. So, and they got to come big. So, I mean, that that fight would make sense to me if they make it happen. And hopefully they are. But uh, I don't know. I mean, how did Horiguchi look? Did he, did, he, did he clean the dude out? 
uh, unblemished or what? Uh, yeah, I would say unblemished. I mean, yeah. he took some shots. Uh, wind came out firing. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't a a whitewash in, in mm-hmm. any sense, but uh, but yeah, he didn't suffer any injuries. It didn't appear. He didn't have any cuts or no blood. But um, he just took out a, a game fighter who uh, really was just slightly outmatched. Um, and and just to wrap up the Bellator card, tension. Nasakawa made his return after the embarrassing loss to uh, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. He took out uh, a, a fighter in the third round TKO, a guy picked out by uh, Manny Pacquiao, who was in attendance. Um, so he uh, closer fight than I expected, went all the way to the very end of the bout. Um, and then he finished him with about a minute left in the fight. Uh, and then the main event, the uh, 205 light heavyweight championship, Yuri Pro... Hazka, <laughs> Yuri Pro Hazka, uh, defeated uh, in a rematch uh, King Mo Lawal, uh, who had previously beat him for the uh, Grand Prix title in 2015. Uh-huh. Uh, wow. Three-round title fight. By the third round, Lawal was gasping heavily for air, couldn't do anything, could barely punch, couldn't get a takedown, and, and Yuri, Yuri finished him uh, pretty brutally uh, at the end of the third round to become the... Uh, first ever actual light heavyweight champion in rising history. That's bad news for, for our side. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like, I like King Mo. I mean, I know he's talking about retiring this year, so maybe that maybe it's time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe you get one more big money fight in Bellator if there's anybody or at least go out on a win. Yuri, uh, with his win though, goes to 24 and three. He's no joke. Um, and opens up. I know he was talking, He'd like to fight Ryan Bader. He'd, he'd like to bring the Ryzen belt over. And I believe the uh, Nemkov was the name that uh, Sakia mm. Kabara threw out. Um, mm-hmm. who had, and Nemkov had previously fought in Ryzen. Um, so I think that there is something in the works there. Uh, you know, went a little farther than Horaguchi. I don't know if that would be something that they would try to get yeah. uh, him on that on that card or not. But The thing is, like, they obviously want to go back to Hawaii. And um, I mean, Coco was pretty adamant about doing the Ryzen versus Bellator uh, event in Hawaii, but I I I I think you could you could so, you could spice up some fans as far as like getting them hyped by just throwing in one one or two like you know that'd be a nice one, Bader versus uh, him. Uh, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like that that get folks kind of build up the rivalry for especially for fans that don't know about Ryzen, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. And I don't know, uh, historically, uh, Hawaii has been pretty open to the pride rules at their events. So I don't know. I mean, at least in my fantasy, perfect MMA world, we go back to a kind of a, a setup with a cage and a ring. Maybe you have some Bellator fights and you have some rising rules fights and you actually, uh, you know, could kind of mix and match and, uh, give somebody like, uh, Pitbull, for instance, uh, a chance to go into an event where he could soccer kick and throw knees to the yeah. head. Yeah. And kind of mix and match that up a little bit. And, and I'll, then t- maybe... I'll tell you what I'd like him to do. I mean, if, if this is the second time, I mean, it's not, they haven't been doing it consecutively, but so like there's that one year they didn't come. I mean, well, they came, but they came in the, in the winter or in the fall rather to Long Island. But uh, I think if, if they can get to the garden every mid June, Bellator should make their international fight week here on the East coast. And try to get a string of events, like do something, you know, some of the, like use one of the, like the Manhattan Center or something for, make it make like a grappling card. I know he was interested in doing a, a dynamite type event, but you could separate, break it up, 
like three nights, Thursday, Friday, and then, you know, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leading up to the big uh, Bellator event on, at the end of the week. I know it's like copying a formula, but why not take advantage of the uh, the unclaimed territory? You know what I mean? No, that makes sense that you say that. That's the first time I've ever heard that. But, yeah, the idea of maybe doing a Bellator kickboxing card or something the, the Friday night before at, at one of your smaller uh, venues out there and then mm-hmm. maybe maybe uh, teaming up with uh, with one of the big submission uh, companies uh, there on the East Coast. And, yeah, like Kasai's based out of New York. Exactly. So maybe you get – and then you throw, you allow somebody like uh, Rory McDonald or somebody who's not necessarily on one of the fighting cards to, to go you know grapple one of the – you know, Gracie's or, or yeah. uh, you know, uh, Craig or, or uh, Taunton well, or one of those guys. Wait till I get him cornered. I'm going to, I'm going to throw all of this at him. If I get Coker cornered again, I'm throwing all this at him. And, and <laughs> if, if you, if you saw the last time I talked to him, he loves the, he loves all these ideas. So he's definitely into it, but uh, we just got to see if we could get some bait, some more information out of him. Cause he spilled the, the beans on the rising thing back then, but nobody, nobody wanted to give me credit for it. They gave it all to Helwani. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what happens. The, the, the mermaid gets the, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, now, uh, so this weekend I actually head out to, uh, flying up to San Jose Saturday morning, nice. uh, for the big Bellator card, uh, fight that, uh, I think, uh, kind of is your, uh, neighborhood a little bit, Liam McGeary, Phil Davis, uh, rematch. Do you know if McGeary's still training with, uh, Henzo out there? No, he uh, relocated. Uh, he actually mentioned it on Twitter, and it was like in an open, like out in pu- on public tweets. He talked about how he, he doesn't live out here anymore. He lives out in uh, uh, on, on your neck of the wood or somewhere. And I, I don't know why I keep going to New Mexico, but he, he stopped training out here. I don't know if, what, what the reason for leaving was. Maybe he just felt there needed to be a change because of the losses he picked up after he lost the title. But, uh, you know, so we'll see. I mean, obviously, he's, he's he, his, I doubt his submission skills have left him any less but um i mean it's a rematch and and uh phil davis was a tough customer that was a tough fight that was i that was a tough fight to watch him lose actually but davis had a really smart idea i mean you you, you uh if you shrink a, a if you shrink a wiry lengthy guy you know by just by controlling one of his limbs which is what he did because you know mcgarry was really hot on those inverted uh, triangles that he he had two in a row before that he fought davis um, he kept pinning his foot to his butt if you watch that fight, which kind of like and, and to the ground, which kind of like took away a lot of McGarry's uh, submission game. So that was uh, uh, it's interesting to see what McGarry has changed by changing camps for, for this fight. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Phil Davis. I think we're going to go back to the wrestling version mm-hmm. of him for this fight, especially knowing that it was so successful for him the first time they fought. Yeah. His last couple of fights, he got a, a head kick knockout of uh, Linton Vassell, and then he mm-hmm. and then he suffered uh, a loss to Nemkov in his his most recent fight, in in pretty much a, if I recall, pretty much all stand up fight as well. Um, so I think he's going to go back to what what gets his uh, bread buttered and and go to the wrestling. Doesn't yeah. make them for the most exciting fight, but um, until McGeary can prove that he can hang with that uh, level, a wrestler of that caliber, I I wouldn't blame Davis for going back to that. Yeah, no, I agree. That moves to Benson Henderson, uh, former UFC champ against uh, Adam Piccoletti. Uh, Henderson, 26 and eight Piccoletti, 11 and two. It's hard to pick against Henderson coming off of a win against a wad. Um, I, I just feel like he's a little bit of a, a class ahead in this fight. And 
I'll, I'll go with Henderson by a, by a, a decision win in this fight too. Yeah, I mean, the thing about I think I've mentioned this before. Like Henderson likes to fight. I mean, he fights very smart. Sometimes too smart for his own good, in the sense that in in his uh, trying to lessen any damage taken, so he can continue fighting, he'll fight in a way that the judges will judge against him. That's my only concern. So um, I'm I mean I'm with you on that, but I just feel like if it's a decision, he he has to do uh, he's got to be very active, you know, because um. I don't think Pickle Piccolotti's gonna, uh, you know, take it easy on him just because it's, it's a former UFC champion Benson Henderson. You know, it's obviously it's not, he hasn't been the same Benson Henderson for for a little while. And um, again, he's a very intelligent fighter. But um, so uh, if he fights the same way he fight fought a wad, I could see him taking it. But you would know better than me how the judges out in your on, out in your neck of the woods are with the way his fighting style is. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on how his opponent brings it. I feel like that mm-hmm. if his opponent brings it, um, then he's he obviously becomes more exciting. Um, yeah, and or if he's you know if he's able to completely neutralize somebody, he can he can, it definitely slows the pace down and and it can hurt him if his opponent's able to to mount any kind of offense. But no, I mean, I just I just think he's going to use his wrestling, mm. you know, um, maybe his his I I don't know. Piccoletti won two fights last year. Um, you know, since the loss to Rickles and and uh, Yama, Yamauchi, um, so I don't know. I, I but I I just feel like Henderson's gonna win. I feel like if he doesn't win this fight, then he's you know he pretty much falls out of the any any chance at a future title shot in Bellator again. Mm, um, yeah. I, mean, I know he's had two already, but uh, those were kind of given to him as as an exchange for coming to Bellator. I like feel. welcome, welcome fights, yeah. Exactly, and then the co-main event, uh, one of the uh, one of the stars of MMA, in my opinion, in opinion, Alimale uh, McFarland, nine and zero, submission master, uh, fights yeah. Vita Ortega, five and two, real tough girl, known Super for kind of getting in, getting in scraps and, yeah. and and just out out harding uh, the girl she's fighting. Uh, I think McFarland's going to be too much for her, uh, and, I, and I'm going to take McFarland actually by first round submission. I think she's going to catch her in something early and, and, and end the fight really quick. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I see a submission coming, and maybe not in the first round. Statistically, most submissions come in the second round um, with people at her level anyway. So I could see that happening only because one reason I say that is uh, I know I, I know Vita's uh, super, like she's a scrapper. And um, one of the things McFarlane said, I think when uh, – James Lynch interviewed her for sure, dog, and she had she had alluded to uh, how she's concerned with the, that that style of fighting coming off from uh, Artiga, because um, you know she'll she'll take so much damage to 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 deliver just as much back in striking that um, you know it might it might fluster her in, in her takedown attempts early in the fight anyway. So um, that just goes to show her 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 mindset, though. I mean, she's obviously thinking about it. Which means she's got a plan for it. So I, I, she definitely, she's definitely the better bantamweight submission artist in the women's uh, division over there at, at Bellator. She said it to me herself uh, the last time I spoke to her when she did gave me the interview at Mohegan Sun. I mean, she's definitely the best grappler in her whole or in her whole division for that promotion. So um, yeah, if she gets if she gets Ortega on her bat, that uh, submission's coming. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like you say when you're submit, you're going for submissions, though. If somebody punches you in the face, things change. And uh, obviously, uh, Ortega is not afraid to throw some leather and, and bloody up some, some opponents. So it's yeah. one of those things, you know, it, when you're a submission person, it, you know, it's it, kind of one of those things like when you're a striker and you get old in your career, when you're a mm. submission person and and you get, you know, and all of a sudden you get blasted and yeah. things, things can change really quick and you can go from being a black belt to a to a blue belt in, in a matter of a couple punches. So, but I, I, I think she's, uh, like I said, I think she's a rising star. I look for her to go 10 and 0 and, and probably set up headlining another, uh, or maybe not headlining, but, but being a big fight, uh, coming up, uh, in a future Hawaiian event again, yeah. for Bellator that moves us to the, uh, Walter weight championship fight and, uh, first round of the grand prix, Rory McDonald, John Fitch, uh, I think that I, don't, I haven't seen the odds. I imagine they're pretty heavily tilted towards Rory McDonald. I think he'll be able to neutralize Fitch and, and probably pound him out pretty good mm-hmm. uh, on the feet or on the ground. I'd love to see John Fitch win. I know that sounds kind of surprising, but I would like to see the kind of the stir up. I think it would really, it would make the rest of this tournament quite interesting if you took the champ out of it, knowing that these guys, you know, you'd have some, everybody would be, it would be shark in the water looking at it, the title because you know, everybody would be looking at Fitch and then and then obviously the winner of him and Gracie against MVP or, or Lima. Yeah, uh, it, it would it would it would stir up the MMA world a little bit. And uh, I'd like to see it, but I don't see it happening. I, I think McDonald. Uh, I want to see a finish. Um, unfortunately, I I feel like it could be a five round fight, but yeah, um, I'll throw out Fitch getting tired and getting finished late in the fourth round uh, via some ground and pound. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you read, uh, it was published, um, I submitted it before the weekend, but I think it was published on Saturday. I wrote a piece on, uh, McDonald did an interview where he said that he's, he, he actually believes he can get the finish early in that fight because uh, he thinks he can use his range and his striking to kind of uh, wear down Fitch. You know, obviously he, he mentioned the age difference and just his wrestling, uh, you know, Fitch is a wrestler, he kind of likes to grind guys out, so... um McDonald was pr- pretty adamant about his game plan being, um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna hit him until he quits. So he's looking for probably an early TKO. And I mean, it's hard to. Uh, I mean, Fitch hasn't fought guys at his his level since. Jeez, uh, I can't. I can't. I mean, he fought in World Series of Fighting, and now he's here. I mean, he thought and he was talking about retiring when he fought that last fight too. It was, it was the the World Series of Fighting New Year's Eve card, so. Usually, uh, you know, you have to wonder wonder where they're at. He seems renewed. I saw all the interviews he's done leading up to this weekend. Um, Fitch, I'm talking about. So, um, but he doesn't seem to have anything new as far as his his um, you know what, what he's bringing into the cage with him. It seems to be the same game plan that we we all expect out of John Fitch. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think McDonald might might come off with the win. I think it might be a tough fight though, just because of uh, Fitch's experience. Um, you know, and his body type, and uh, but we'll see. Like you said, uh, maybe if he, Rory doesn't, if Rory doesn't get the early stoppage that he's thinking he'll he'll get, the fatigue probably will wear in. You know, and uh, he can get it later. So I'm picking him as well. Yeah, I mean, Fitch hasn't lost a fight since uh, Paul Harris at World Series of Fighting 16, which was uh, uh, December of 2014. So he's got wins over Okami, Zeferino, Shields, Foster, and then Paul Daly in his Bellator debut. So, I mean, he's on a roll uh, and, and 
you know, a veteran and at one time the pretty much the consensus number two Walter Wade in the world um, mm-hmm. behind George St. Pierre. Yeah, um, if George St. Pierre doesn't exist in MMA, we might be looking at John Fitch being considered, mm-hmm. you know, an all-time great. Uh, yeah, even even better than what he is now. So, so that's Bellator, and then uh, about the same time, it's kind of a crossover event. There's another ESPN Plus card for UFC. Uh, Jacare takes on uh, Jack Hermanson, who's a late fill-in for uh, God. Who was he supposed to fight? It was supposed to be uh, uh, Romero. Supposed to be yeah. the Romero rematch, yeah. um, but Hermanson took the fight about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, uh, and uh, there's a couple good undercard fights that we can go through here. Uh, I know Gilbert Burns kept opponent kept changing like up until last week, so pretty sure he's going to win his fight. I think he's fighting Kyle Davis or somebody now. Mike Davis, I, I, Mike seven, Davis, yeah, seven and one. Um, yeah, I mean Burns is is fourteen and three, and. Uh, Obviously, a guy on the rise. Yeah, um, just happy great. to be on the card because it's like 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 uh twenty minutes from his house or something like that. Yeah, no, <laughs> those guys, some of those guys gotta love that. But yeah. uh, Andre Arlovsky on the prelims, Ben Sanders. Um, oh, we had talked about um, Corey Sanhagen and uh, um, John Lineker. Yeah, yeah. That one should be a, a banger right there. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's one to to keep an eye on. I know. I don't know how, how are you gonna. Uh, I mean, I don't even know how I'm going to watch these two. Uh, I told you I'm going to be out and about. Uh, Daniel Zaldivar, who's been on this podcast, is going to be out here. So I'm recording them. That's So that's how I'm going to catch I'll catch them after the fact. I'll probably subscribe to ESPN Plus for the for the weekend. Pay Eat, eat the $5. I'm, go, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to Bellator, so I won't be able to watch it live. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. probably get back to the hotel room and plug uh, plug into the TV uh, at the hotel and, and, and watch the uh, – watch at least the, the main fights. Um, I'm interested in the Lineker fight, the Burns fight. Uh, Glover Teixeira uh, fights uh, Ian uh, Kutlaba. Uh, that should be another barn burner. Um, probably the fight that I might be most excited for, actually, is Mike Perry versus uh, Cowboy oh, yeah. Oliveira. Um, yeah, Mike Perry's the underdog in that last time I looked. Uh, uh... But I feel like Oliveira doesn't do well against guys that fight like Perry. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Perry pulls off a TKO or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a good stylistic matchup because Oliveira is a uh, is a bit of a brawler himself, but he's also really good at submissions and, and his ground game. And I feel like that's Perry's weakness. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like you say, Oliveira's weakness is kind of tough guys that throw heavy leather. Yeah, and that's what Mike Perry is. So, I'm gonna go with Oliveira. I think he's gonna submit him uh, late in the second, maybe in the third. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Perry just drops him early and and is able to follow up. Yeah, I mean that's that's Perry's problem. If he doesn't if he doesn't get the guy in the first second round with the power that he brings, then you know, then then he's susceptible to all that other stuff. So, if Oliveira fights smart, then 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 yeah, I agree with you. But uh. I don't know. Something something tells me, you know that that's that's again that he's another local guy for Florida. That they're fighting in his hometown. I think he's going to come a little extra Mike Perryed. <laughs> I think he's going to come a little Mike Perryed up, and uh, probably uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a finish from him. Yeah. No. Either way, I think it's going to end violently. I think there's going to be some blood in that fight. Um, and you you know me, just just bleed Hawkins over here. <laughs> 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 um. 
uh, the weird co-main event, which is only because it's on ESPN, Greg Hardy. Uh, I'm not even going to bother yeah. with that one. I imagine that he's going to get a win. He's fighting a nine and two fighter uh, that they brought back uh, just for him to fight. Should have got the win in his debut, but then got disqualified. Then the main event, uh, Jacare Souza, Jack Hermanson. Uh, I really don't miss a Jacare fight. Uh, one of my favorites all time. Now, with that said, I actually am not going to pick him to win this fight. Uh, I feel like he's taking this fight. Probably he shouldn't fight. Take. Mm. Um, he seems Might be to past co- his time, right? Well, I feel like he's pretty much right in line for a title shot. And if you're going to go at it, you might as well go at a guy who's who's going to raise your stock. And I don't know, especially last last minute change. Uh, UFC clearly needed yeah. uh, somebody to step in. And I don't know. I, Hermanson didn't take a lot of it took no punishment in his last fight um, and, and finishing uh, David Branch instantly almost into the fight. Yeah, I don't think he's going to submit Jacare. I just feel like he might land some heavy ground and pound. Uh, while Jacare is kind of fishing for a submission, and and I don't want it to happen, but that's that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with uh, it's a five round fight. I'm going to go with Hermanson uh, TKO end of the fourth round. Oh wow! Uh, some kind of hard ground and pound when Jacare tires out uh, when he realizes he can't finish him off. I think for the hell of it, I'm just going to go with Jacare just because you know just keep it in the jujitsu family and, and hopefully Jacare pulls off another su- submission. But uh, I mean, I can't, I can't. I can't not see why you're coming uh, from where you're coming from. So, but I'm I'm just doing it to be devil's advocate, Jacare for the, the jiu-jitsu guys. Yeah, no, I mean I I gotta imagine Jacare is the favorite, and I, I'm I'm uh I'll be pulling for him in the fight. I just I don't know. I feel like he's one of those guys that when he kind of gets to the top of the mountaintop and then he and then he gets knocked <clears> down a little bit, and hence the reason why he's one of the all-time greats, but he's never had a UFC title fight. Uh, opportunities so so that's this weekend uh i just hope for some exciting fights and uh it looks like there's at least some action on the cards although not necessarily the the biggest cards in in either uh promotions history by by any stretch but uh bellator two title fights and then uh, a lot of potential violence there in in, yeah uh, in lauderdale for ufc so fans can always follow us at combat hour on twitter Follow me at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Hope to be getting some stuff up uh, this weekend from the SAP Center uh, during the Bellator event. And you can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, I know Danny, uh, Boxing Danny, is coming into town to visit him. Uh, one of our uh, – what's his last name? Zaldivar. He does the uh, – he co-hosts the Last Round podcast. They do a lot of boxing stuff. Yeah, and, he had uh, – uh, I think he writes that under the hand wraps – Something like that. Yeah, he was a guest earlier on on our show uh, before, I believe. the uh, It might have been before. Yeah. For one of you, the big Mayweather fights. You know, you know what's funny is uh, the, the sad, that Saturday was supposed to be the uh, Joshua Miller uh, in, in Barclays. But obviously that ain't happening. Oh, the, the Miller uh, Joshua. Yeah, the, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, Tested positive three times for steroids. That's uh, three that's times. Rough. That's <laughs> yeah. rough. Uh, Maybe I'll get a little uh, sound bite from him to add to next week's episode. To so, uh, since he's out here. Also, real quick before we sign off, uh, apparently Angela Magana woke up from her coma after the uh, after the surgery we had mentioned uh, at the end of last week's show. Um, so that's good news. And 
that's pretty much it, brother. Uh, I look forward to talking to you over the weekend and keeping you updated on what's going on uh, in the Bellator world. All right, cool, man. Thanks. I got to take some allergy medicine. The bad thing about New Jersey when the weather gets nice is that, you know, we get uh, mold spores in the air. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, man. Talk to you later. Yeah. Hey, y'all. East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show, and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.